1: Spell it with a K. so you, Take it easy.
0: Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandafface.com The number two Aface.com. Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S, and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. And most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flames. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of Front Row Material. Of course, there is no Freeland, but don't worry. I am the host tonight. I am the writ, and I have my tag team partner, our good friend from the north, the Canadian God, Mr. Butt, hey, how you man. doing?
1: Doing well, man. How are you?
0: Ah, can't complain. Not doing too bad. Man, nice. we've got one one hell of a guest coming. I hear that. One hell of a guest. He is a professional wrestler that's been around for quite some time. But recently, he has a lot of time on his hands because, well, he's done. He's He's doing the unthinkable, what every pro wrestler says, never say never. He had his last match this past weekend. So, it's...
1: So he's got a match next month?
0: Oh, uh, well, we're, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. So, let, let's bring him in, Mr. Tyrannosaurus Flex, Bobby Shields. Hello, How you know, Bobby? Hello. hello. I'm good, man, I'm good. How are you Man, guys I, I'm doing not doing well? too bad. Man, it, it's been forever since I, I, I've i seen you. Yeah, wow,
2: in our messages, yeah. I was trying to think of when it was that I was working for the promotion that you saw me at PCWA. What's that? Pennsylvania Championship Ch- Wrestling Ch- Alliance or something?
0: Yeah, yeah, so, so, something like that. It's got, it had been at least 2011, 2012. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was thinking yeah. like it maybe even before that a little bit, like a ten it, or a
0: nine. T- you know, it. it, it uh, Billy Gunn was in TNA, so. Yeah. I, but uh, I'm sure. Yeah,
2: I'm sure Cage Mask uh, could figure it out. <laughs> Go hunting oh, yeah. the results
0: there. Yeah, but man, it, it, it's been a while, and and uh, man, I, I was telling Butt that you and I have have some stories from from that. Uh, <laughs> From that alleged time. Oh
2: man, that guy, yeah, that guy was something else. The
0: promoter G.I. Bear. Oh man, uh, th- th- give you a little backstory. Uh, went to a show, Billy Gunn was on main eventing uh, against uh, Nick Destiny. Ooh. Oh,
2: that's who it was. Okay,
0: yeah, I, I, it took me a while to, to, to think about it. And, and uh, Bobby was on the card, and it, 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 was, it, it was a nice pack crowd you know yeah and Uh, with
2: with that show something i remember he spent a ton of money because he had us ride up to the building now really we just walked like a block away and then Mm -hmm. we we rode to it in like a stretch hummer because they wanted all the baby faces to to like show up in this big giant hummer like it's wcw or something i don't know Uh
0: uh-huh man and and (laughs) uh it was fun of course you know a lot of people on the card you know I knew I was friends with, and man, we, we after the show's all over. After uh, Nick Destiny, what he, he messed that finish up two, three times. Oh,
2: he was so bad! Yeah, that uh, match was, yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember, he, I remember Billy Gunn getting on the mic, dropping like an F bomb, and like mm-hmm. apologizing to the fans, and being like, you know, normally I like, I don't have bad. Or, he said something like, basically just, yeah, a big apology and just said like, this guy is awful. Like.
0: Yeah. And, and being out at the ring, the show's over that, you know, the fans left and stuff. And all, all you hear is Billy Gunn and Billy Gunn from what I heard from the seminar and stuff, class act hundred oh, percent all the way. Nice guy. Yeah. Super nice <laughs> and, guy. I've, yeah. The, from, from what I, I remember hearing now we're out at the ring. And the locker room's quite a ways away. And he yells, clear the locker room. Everybody got up and left. And he just started yelling at him to, you shouldn't be wrestling, pack up your boots. Yep. You know, the, the, and it, it, he just was horrible. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, he kicked everybody out of the locker room, basically, mm-hmm. so that he could, like, just run down this guy and tell him, you know, if you're – he he more or less was saying if you're serious about this go get trained go get real training like um because yeah it, this is not the way to do it
1: what the hell happened i need I need more of the story now
0: Don't I'm just trying give to give
1: like, me to sprinkle if, what the hell did he do
0: yeah I'm <laughs> Man, trying to funny. find it
2: for you now
0: yeah it, it was it was a billy guns simple finish you, you know the the other master uh no 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 it uh, he, he was doing the setup first oh uh, yeah. Well, he has them in, in a crossbody and he kind of like swings around and does like a, a front rock bottom mm-hmm. And he just yeah. he just he couldn't take it He he messed it up once Billy Gunn got you know a little upset Picked him back up kicked him again Tried to do it the second time messed it up again Tried to do it a third time messed it up again And then he just took it home
1: So who is this guy was he just a local Just a schlubber like...
0: He, yeah, he owned,
1: How do you really
2: feel? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the best way to put him. Best, he, best description.
0: He uh, he owns his uh his family owned the restaurant, and of course, GI Bear the promoter would go and uh use him. Hey, I'll put you in main events because mm-hmm. he would he would bring in names. Yeah, but he was, but but as long as he worked them, that's the only way he would bring them in. So, it, it, it was a really asinine deal, you know, especially when, if you look at people on the card, you know, especially back then, uh, you had Cage coming in, IB Green from, yep. uh, you know, all the boys from New York, uh, you had Alan Cross, Massive Mike coming from, you know, you, you had some talent on the card, and then you have him working the main event, a, a name. It's
2: um, So, strangely enough, Cage match... Oh. Uh, only has like a handful of of the shows but i know that they ran like you know dozens and dozens of yeah. shows and I think they're even still in some form recently oh. just running again yeah uh, yeah
1: and i've seen Gunn several times up here and he, he's fantastic yeah you no know, when he does the, the autographs and whatnot before and after the show super polite respectful man an absolute giant. Oh, he's, he's like right the of me. largest you know, he'll man take on the planet. Five <laughs> pitches. <laughs> oh, he's huge. I mean I'm six foot two. He towers over me.
2: Yeah. And
1: yeah. he is just a beast of a man. I couldn't imagine irritating him in the ring. That just yeah, that he, just strikes me as a poor life
2: choice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the it, best way to put it, yeah.
0: Exactly. And and, and a man that size, mm-hmm. like and Billy wanted to. He, he, could, he could pick you up and move you any way he wanted to, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. You know, Nick was just sandbagging him. Oh, and just was bad.
2: I just remember he, he took him all around the building and just kind of beat him up, like, around the building, like, <laughs> you know, smashed him into the wall and slammed him here and whatever and just tried like to, like, Smith? roll around maybe a little, but nothing, like, unsafe.
0: Right. Yeah, th- th- it wasn't <laughs> nothing bad until the finish.
2: Yeah. This guy's still around?
0: I doubt it. Yeah.
2: So there is... I don't know if this is the show, but there is something that... Lit. I did a search, PCWA Billy Gunn, and there's something, a video that came up for 5308. That sounds like roughly oh, what that, it would have been.
0: yeah, that, that probably is. Yeah, so...
2: <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> so... But but Bobby man, you sit there in 2008. You know that's that's one of my first times seeing you. Here we are in 2022. You're, you're you know you're looking at professional wrestling in the rearview mirror now. Yeah you yeah know?
2: completely. Yeah, those days I was a lot. Um, you know uh, I I was more than happy to go anywhere and do anything, basically. Um, and just yeah, after all the miles and everything. Um think that I turn forty in three or forty one in three weeks, like why am I <laughs> why am I going to the middle of Pennsylvania somewhere, you know, to do that? Like I get the love of it and, and all that kind of stuff and and um it's just you just slowly burn yourself out a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well let's uh let, let's go to the other end first. Let's start with, what what got you uh, started in professional wrestling, the, the love for it? You know, what are your first memories?
2: Um, so so my first memories, actually, I remember um, my dad watching it, right? We're talking like 80s. And I didn't like it at all when I was a little kid, like mm-hmm. little, little kid. I liked Hulk Hogan, but I didn't like wrestling, right? So I, I like Hulk Hogan and the wrestling boot band. Um, all that was awesome to me but but actually watching matches like they're kind of boring to me uh and probably because a lot of the time it was like squash matches on tv at that time like even to a little one that's not that exciting um (laughs) excuse me then i can remember i don't know maybe it's like second grade or so um flipping through the channels and and coming across what i want to say was like the undertaker i want to say that's around what it is but that's a little bit early because second grade for me is like 1990 so uh Hmm. um so i'm not quite sure exactly what it was but I, i one of the earlier memories i have is is like the undertaker um but yeah catching it myself finding it and discovering it myself and then kind of like looking every night because when you're a little kid you don't know what day of the week things are on and stuff like that mm-hmm. right and i can remember like looking for it uh, you know every night like when is this on what 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 like where do i find it i didn't even know what channel it was you know and, and you're just looking for it um but yeah and then the first like real real memory of like something gripping me and 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 drawing me in was uh, Sla- uh sergeant slaughter and hulk hogan um, and uh, um, and and slaughter, burning Hogan's face at WrestleMania and stuff like that. And that's like the first thing that really like pulled pulled me in.
0: So so, so you were more of uh, not the matches, <clears throat> but the theatrics. You know, the the larger life characters.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, because as like an eight year old, like could be fifty two star match doesn't matter. Right, like, mm-hmm. because you're connected to the characters, you're connected to, to the colors and to the, and the, the theatrics, like you
0: said. Okay, so, every like when I grew up, you and I are, are about the same age. We, we always sit there and did the old backyard wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but did, did you ever sit there and and wrestle with your friends? You oh, know, of the, course, the... of
2: course, yeah. Now we um. Okay we wrestled actually in my cuz we would do it at night and we would do it um um where I grew up in western pennsylvania it was it was cold you know so we mm-hmm. would do it um inside also in like in the living room that was our our arena um so yeah 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 i did that for but that was actually way later like probably high school days
0: <coughs> okay so you're going through uh, watching everything on, on TV. When did you sit there? You know, you said that you started doing a little backyard or mm-hmm. in the living room wrestling. <laughs> when did you sit there and start thinking that you know maybe I can start doing this?
2: You know, it was um, um it was I think watching Xbox or uh, he would have been one two three kid at the time um, mm-hmm. because. It, while he actually isn't that small of a person, you know, he was really built as a small guy. Yeah. Um, so I think he was like my first inspiration of like, like that kind of a thing. Um, <clears throat> and then just getting more and more into it, watching, uh, starting to get into ECW. Um, so I, until until the NWO, like I was strictly a WWF guy because mm-hmm. like that's what interested me and then from that led to me um like watching ecw and stuff like that um so like in 96 97 98 time frame um somewhere in those years i think just watching it and and seeing these guys that were not like hulk hogan's basically um Mm -hmm. starts to like interest me more and more uh i also like while i was growing up um did judo for like 10 12 years or something and and starting to see like, wait a second, like a lot of these things, it's almost like judo. Like the rock bottom is 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 somewhat of a like a judo. Well, we're not like the rocks rocks version, but it's somewhat of like a judo trip, right? Um, stuff like that, right? Um, seeing one of the first things they teach you to in, in judo is how to fall. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar. <laughs> the first yep. thing you learn in wrestling, right? So like just kind of putting things together like that.
0: Okay, I've got to sit there and ask, I always like asking people, you said that you watched a little bit of ECW, what was, when you first turned it on, what was your first thoughts of, wow, seeing stuff from WCW, WWE, and then all of a sudden you have like this, this, something that's completely different, ECW.
2: Oh, um... So it's funny because I can remember somebody talking to me about some some stuff like about Stevie Richards like jumping into WCW and and me being like uh, yeah I guess or, like not really knowing mm-hmm. <laughs> you know just playing along of uh, stupid a little bit of like knowing who he is and um, I don't know yeah I I don't really remember there being much of uh, of of, of um, that. Uh, <clears throat> definitely like we got more hook- well, you know, this is like the, the Monday Night War time so everything was good <laughs> or everything really hooked you in so it's not like that hooked me in more than say Monday Night Raw or, or Nitro right, uh, my friends would come over on Monday nights and I had two TVs in my room and we would be able to watch both um, and uh, they would come over Saturday nights and we would watch ECW so it, none of them necessarily blew me away um more than the other um I I would say none of them hooked it was just wrestling in general was so hot everything was good and enjoyable
1: and just a a random question Bobby uh who did you try to mold your your career after was there somebody like I want to be like him or did you just take uh, pieces from this guy and that guy and mission well, together and hope for the best or most? Apply.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and um, so um, so when I was training and, and stuff, I, I knew I would never be, like, the best in a sense, right? So I knew that, like, I would never be a Dean Malenko, like, the most technical wrestler. Like, I just didn't pick it up like that. Um, or Chris Benoit or whatever, right? So, like, these were guys I knew not to try to emulate yeah. because I'm going to make it look really bad and that's not good. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I don't know if there was any one person who I necessarily wanted to, uh, emulate f- fully. Uh, I guess at one point, like, I really like, um, kind of took after Sabu for a minute, but, but even then, like, um, this is not like I was, uh, um, doing crazy shit and and jumping off of you know uh, everything or whatever. Um, so I don't know if there was any one person. You know, uh, I guess one two three kid kind of also was was a little somebody who I, I uh, tried to mold a little bit after. Um, but yeah, so it was always just take a little piece from here or there. Um, even like later on just thinking sorry to interrupt you no, but like right, thinking right. like uh um i don't know where i heard this but but uh but it, when I, I i put it together it made so much sense uh, as a as a good guy i, I really like coming out of the curtain and exploding up right because when you go to see your favorite band um and and they they are hit the stage like that first beat it's just usually like Big explosion of, of sorts, right? And you, the the crowd goes crazy. You watch John Cena; he comes out a ball of energy, right? It's the same mm-hmm. thing, and that's that's kind of the idea. Like I I, I saw these little things here or there.
0: Man, I, I remember, and of course you know him. Uh, he was uh, one of our guests on here. He was probably he was the first guest we've had on here. Uh, I remember watching indie shows, and he's a good friend now, Andy Header. Anytime, yeah. anytime he came through that curtain, he's just, he's just like. Bam! It's it's energy a hundred percent. And I'm like, man, th- there we go. Like, because now you you have the crowd's interest, and you know they're just taking the intensity up with you, and they're ready for that ride <clears throat> that you're about ready to take them in that ring.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, if you're not excited, why are they going to be excited?
0: So exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you're you're doing this in-ring in backyard wrestling you know living room type stuff so <laughs> w- w- what are your what are your parents thinking you know uh seeing you <laughs> do, do no this idea. stuff.
2: you know it's fo- so funny we recently me and my friends from back home we were talking about that and we were like what i like i have no idea because they would just go upstairs and go to sleep or or my dad would go off to his office and, and work and just I don't know. I guess they... I, I, we, None of us were, like, into drugs or drinking or getting in trouble. So, like, they weren't that mad. <laughs> like, as long as we didn't break anything, like... Uh, I guess we're not really hurting anything.
1: Well, it's the lesser
2: of all those evils.
1: Hey, yeah. First thing we are going to do is punch each other in the nose. That's not right. So
2: bad. Right. I... You know, stupidly, um, I'm sure I got a concussion or two from, from <laughs> that. But, like...
0: Uh, so So you uh, you're enjoying yourself. you're enjoying, you're watching wrestling. Uh, so when did you first hear of because back in those days, there weren't too many wrestling schools like there are now. Yeah,
2: so so, uh, so actually, before I even trained, I, I want to say it was like in a PWI or the wrestler or even ECW magazine. There was some advertisement i want to say for the wild samoans school oh, um and they yeah and they had a summer camp for anybody under 18 and not trained right and mm-hmm. and i got my parents to send off the money and um and so I, I was like amped up like this summer like for whatever a month or two or whatever it would have been like get to do that every day or whatever it might be mm-hmm. um and then a few weeks or months later they they mailed back the check and they mailed me a t-shirt and a little letter that just said sorry due to like no interest we're like we're not doing it basically which was such a bummer but like it was cool they mailed everything back and had and and sent me a shirt and everything that I still have somewhere um, uh, but but so then fast forward uh, I went to college in Rochester New York and mm-hmm. just so happened to be a, a school there Um you know, at that point, the internet, like Googling things is pretty new, but like, there it is. Found one right there, probably 20 minutes away.
0: Okay. So, uh, what was the process like? You know, did, did they have an open tryout? Did you stop by? Uh, and, um, and, and what school was it?
2: It was, it seriously is the best name for a wrestling school that I'm surprised nobody has ever stolen. Uh, it was called Suplex U.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Which like pretty good, yeah see like, come on, how's nobody how would how's nobody taking that?
1: I'm gonna have that website tomorrow.
2: <laughs> um, the promotion that it was tied to was new millennium wrestling um and uh and and anyways, yeah, no it was it was kind of like um it was it was not like a structured thing at all. I mean they had like a somewhat of a tryout kind of thing but just to see if like you really want to invest your you know i think probably like 1200 or something whatever it was mm-hmm. um and that was about it and then you show up every week and um everybody's all at different levels and you know because this person's been training for six months and this one two weeks and whatever um, a lot of it was really just get in the ring and kind of get beat up and and uh, tag in and out kind of situation, uh, maybe teach you some basic chain wrestling and some basic moves, but it was very unstructured and and
0: uh, yeah. I, I, I know, you know, talking to Mikey a lot and then uh, knowing my talks with Pops and everything, uh, a, a lot of wrestling schools back then were, you know, you had to sit there and work your ass off to be able to get into the ring uh, yeah, so th- this wrestling school really wasn't nothing like that at all.
2: No, no, I mean, it, it, yeah, no, it wasn't a very structured situation. Um, you know, maybe it was a maybe a few weeks before I was just kind of in the ring doing some stuff. Um, granted, I wasn't like wrestling matches after like one month, but like uh, um, definitely was like probably in the ring bumping and probably starting to learn how to do like a suplex or whatever it might be. Um, uh, I, I do remember a lot of it being the early on training is like just outside the ring or in the hallway chain wrestling with somebody and stuff like that. But um, and, and stand up chain wrestling really, cause nobody's throwing each other on like a linoleum floor.
0: So okay. what was, what was it like, uh, you know, the people wise, were they all open to help help each other, or so, were there clicks? Or um,
2: so it's so it's it real interesting, right? Um, I, I always say the main people who who trained me were uh, Don and Marcos from the Ring Crew Express from Ring of Honor, um, because mm-hmm. those were the main like trained guys that would show up the most. Um, but New York State at that time was real weird. Uh, you had to get like a real long physical and and like blood work and EKG and like I think a sign uh, a professional who was licensed had to sign off and they were responsible for, kind of for you at the same time and so everybody was sort of responsible for the other which is an interesting idea but it really really limited who was a licensed wrestler and and I think I don't know whether they um, didn't because they had never come up with a real uh curriculum or just didn't want people to progress to that there wasn't like that good structure to to make sure that you're learning um let's say moves and psychology and everything
0: okay so what what do you remember about the first match
2: um so my first match was uh so actually so Um, We're going to rewind a bit because Suplex U and New Millennium Wrestling go out of business in the summer Uh of or in the spring of 2002, leaving me and everybody with nothing. So there's no like I I have no proof that I, uh, you know, trained for the last year. I have no proof that no connections to anybody like it was like, peace out. We close the door. Like, just to give an example of this place, sometimes all of us students would break into the... No no trained professionals would show up. We'd break into the door and then lock it up uh, when we left. Uh, to wow. go t- train, like, ourselves, I guess. Um,
1: like, self-serve wrestling school.
2: Yeah, exactly, right? The blind leading the blind, like, legit. Um, so, anyway, so they go out of business, leave us with nothing. That summer, I kind of went around to a bunch of promotions uh shikara was one of them and and i Mm -hmm. talked to quack and bush this was like their third show when they were running in the back of uh the collectible store i think or a wrestling collectible store yeah in in a garage in front of like 20 people um you know and he was saying he was just using his students but good luck and um he introduced me uh, i met somebody else there who said they're wrestling in central pennsylvania in like two weeks so come meet them there and and they'll introduce me to somebody else, and then I talked to that. I went to that show, talked to him, and they introduced me to another promoter who uh, said, "You know, I have a show in two more weeks, so come out to that, and, and I'll give you a tryout and stuff like that. Come out early." Um, so I got there. So then, <laughs> the w- month or so, or three weeks, or however long it was um, later, I uh, I went to this show, and I got there before the ring got there so i I helped set up every chair you know as much as possible and the guy um had me bump around the ring just to show that i like at least knew how to bump a little bit um and uh and 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 somebody was had canceled that day so he had a, a spot in like a uh um six way like hardcore match or something and it was like you know it's not real hardcore wrestling it's not like barbed wire or something sort of a soft core, hardcore that like yeah. everybody was doing in the early 2000s where you're, you're just kind of brawling around and um, having garbage matches in a sense. Um, anyways. Uh, so, so yeah, he, he, he gave me a, a chance in that and, and uh, yeah, no, I was thinking of that actually on the drive to the show this past weekend to, um, of, of how I felt uh, um, after, you know, the match was uh, when it was coming up, basically. Because, uh, um, yeah, I just remember being like really um, that that empty pit feeling in my stomach, and and a little bit of like shakiness at, at first, and um, um and yeah, uh, just being scared. <laughs> uh, and so I, but I remember. As soon as I, I went to the ring, like all that just disappears, because um, you sort of just have to. There's no like, it's not like I can hide behind the curtain at that point, right? You just have to embrace it and and go. Um, um, and it was not very good, uh, but but I embraced it and went. And I can remember then um driving home afterwards, like kind of in tears, because like to me that was really my my goal was to have a match, was to to yeah, to do it at least once in front of, like, people on on a show, and, and I made my my initial goal.
0: Okay, fast forward 20 years later to what were the emotions like going through that curtain for the last time? Um,
2: um, there, you know, I wasn't. I was. I actually got a little bit of, of similar nerves in a sense, but like it was different because it's not nerves of like being afraid. Um, it was nerves of you know if this was no good, like I can't leave like that. For mm-hmm. <laughs> um. um You know, I got to deliver and, and, and also there's a confidence, right? Like I've been doing this for so long and, and I was, I handpicked my, my friend Logan to wrestle, so I knew it, we can do very good things and he is amazing. And, um, and so, yeah, there, there's a lot more confidence, um, in me going out to the, to the ring and everything. And, um. You know, maybe if I, since the pandemic, um, this was only my like sixth match or something like that since um, the fall of 2021. Um, and, and even so, I haven't wrestled for ECWA regularly since uh, 2016. Um, so their fans are quite different. I think it would be uh, a little bit more. Um, emotional if it was like the fans that I knew and that knew me from like 2016 or before Uh, um, just because there's a little bit more emotional connection I've I've wrestled for this version of ECWA one prior time in September so like some of the fans there really wasn't that that strong strong connection with Um, uh, but there were fans actually that that came um, because I was on it and because it was like my last match and everything and so so that was awesome to see them and and everything like that um so th- so there was it was like a split <laughs> there was people that that were really emotionally connected and then people were like probably like who is this schlump
0: <laughs> so uh what was the the day like you know you handpicked picked your you know uh, a really close friend to be the uh, you know your last match mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> you really you're in the locker room. Uh, did you guys ride together and everything, or no? No,
2: I live up in the Massachusetts area now,
0: um, and he lives
2: uh, down in the uh, down in the uh, uh, Virginia area.
0: Okay, so so you're there. Uh, you know, do you just do the same old, same old? You know, like you like it's just another day in the office, or sort is, of? Is it...
2: Yeah, you know, I likened it a bit to like uh, your last day on a job, right? Any job, right? Um, especially if you like the job. It's a little bit different if you don't like the job.
0: <laughs> oh, of course. But,
2: but uh, yeah. you know, if you like the job and you're leaving it to, to go somewhere else, it's sad because you know, like, you're probably not going to be seeing these people again. Um, mm-hmm. And some of them you may not actually want to see again, but that's... <laughs> uh, but, you know, you probably won't see these people again. Um, and, and, yeah, it's, it, it's sad. It's a, a form of grieving. Um, oh. But overall, it was sort of business as usual, I guess. Like handshakes, just talking to folks and everything.
0: Uh, <clears throat> going to uh, we're, we're gonna bounce back and forth here from yeah. you know early to, to late. Uh, <clears throat> go, going on shows like you said, you know, the first actual show that you participated in. Uh, when you came through the curtain and stuff, did uh. Did you ask for, you know, hey, did you did you watch my match? What, what did you think? Uh, you know, were you the type uh, that actually asked for people's opinion, or were you the ones that just sat back?
2: Oh, no, no, no. I Even after my last match, I went up to John Finnegan, uh, former ECW ref, and, and Jim Molyneux, who was former ECW ref, was the ref for the match, and I asked him, you know, what did you not like about it? Was there anything that could have been better, right? Not that I'm going to go and do it again or anything, but, mm-hmm. like, you know nothing is perfect and i'd rather in some way you know know like was this terrible was this good was this all right like did it do the business we wanted that we needed so uh, yeah i I, I was always asking and trying to get feedback um, you know my least favorite thing of, of wrestling over the many many years was like you'd um some former WWF guy or, or, uh, you know, Ring of Honor or, or TNA or whatever person would watch your match. And, uh, and I'd ask them, you know, what do you got for, for feedback or anything? Or, or you wrestled them. And they'd just be like, oh, everything was great. Well, if it's great, then why don't I have a fucking job? Like, <laughs> give me so some- You
1: know, they're not paying attention. If that's true if that's their answer, oh, yeah, it was great. Like, did you really watch it though? Like, were you paying heed to what's happening?
2: Yeah, yeah. That would so, be my thought. No, and that's completely right. And and I mean, but then like even when you wrestle somebody who is a former name, a lot of the time like they just be like, no, nah, everything was really good. Like you can't give me one bit of feedback. Like you can't tell me one thing.
0: I, I always loved like when you fill out surveys or or anything like I just recently at my job did my <laughs> my review and you know it, it's it's hard to sit there and give yourself. you know if it's a one out of five give yourself yeah. a five because okay if i'm already a five then what what do i have to improve on you yeah know what i mean i i should be doing your job then if i'm if i got all fives
2: yeah
1: No, uh, not yeah. me five across the board don't give me a raise
2: now now granted right like yeah, maybe everything really was good and they could nitpick little things. And those little things don't necessarily always matter, right? Um, Because wrestling is so much right place, right time, um, just filling the right spot, right? Like the, the their in-ring is somewhat secondary for making it to to some of the bigger places.
0: Yeah. Uh, If you can't connect with a crowd, Yeah, and 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 sometimes like when, when you're on the road, like I've been to different shows, and different states, different areas of the state, and sometimes it's like the wrestlers will ask, "So what are they into?" Yeah, you know, because I remember going down. I took I took a a bunch of people down to uh, North Carolina. It was Hendersonville. Yeah, and. They let us open the show, and they were doing some flippy-dippy stuff, and the crowd just wasn't buying it. So, mid-match, they had to switch it up. Uh, it was it was Jason Furious, Draven Blaze, and Brandon Harris. Draven Blaze. That sounds so familiar. Yeah, yeah he's uh, Hazleton area. I can't remember the promotion he his dad used to run. Huh.
2: That name sounds so familiar. Yeah.
0: But but like they had to switch it up in mid match because down in North Carolina, they still work the ten oh, minute yeah. headlock. You know what I mean? So you gotta you gotta know your crowd, you got you gotta know what they want and <laughs> you know to get them to pay attention to you. For sure, yeah. So uh when when did it start becoming <clears throat> weird for you to go from the person asking to going to the person that were where people are coming up to you hey Bobby do you mind watching my match hey Bobby you know did did you get a chance to check me out um
2: you know it, it was uh I don't know somewhere yeah I don't know when that really started to happen I guess you know maybe it was uh yeah i don't know when that's really started to happen <laughs> it was you know it was probably when i started when i uh, um i wrestled on um wwe's ecw and i was like the the dude busters like um mm-hmm. I, I teamed with uh um with someone against the dude busters and and um so that was like my first WWF uh, wwe appearance and i feel like somewhere around then is when and and like again, that is like completely luck of the draw. It's not like they're like, all right, everybody get in here and wrestle ten minute matches and let's see who can. All right, you're, you're a good size. You're a good size. All right. Mm-hmm. You get beat by these people tonight. There you go. <laughs> like right, but it's it's definitely looked at as as you must know your stuff. You must you know and and. Um, So I think it was around then, like a 2009, when um, people started asking me to watch their things. Um, Also then, uh, at that point, I'm like seven years in or so. um, And and so my matches probably didn't suck too badly. I don't know. (laughs) They were probably okay. Uh, And so, yeah, they wanted to be okay at least then.
0: Uh, WWE tryout. Like... Uh, how how does that process? You know, I, I know some people. If if you just happen to be in the in the in a certain city, they're contact a local uh, promoter or you know local school and be like, hey, you, you got some extras we're looking for. Uh, so uh, how was that process for you, Bobby? Um,
2: I can't remember. At one point, the WWF had a like a profile that you went and filled out online. And, like, they had a whole online system and you just submitted your, your stuff and, like, you know, picked dates that you were available and and you were one of a million that, like, they picked. Uh, I, I think this was a little bit before then. Maybe it was a calling up and leaving a voicemail um, kind of situation. Because, yeah, I don't remember um, how it was. This was, like, I want to say simon dean was yeah simon dean was gone it was uh canyon siemens i think was the guy's name was already in or starting around then maybe no he was a little bit later uh yeah i don't know who was the man booking extras at that point but regardless um simon dean was gone and he was he was, uh, and him and Tommy Dreamer were, were, were gone from, from that role. And I think both of them were uh, big on actually, like, watching people's stuff and, and kind of giving some feedback as well as, like, uh, booking them because um, they had connections, you know, and new people and people and all that type of stuff. And so, so that, um, yeah, in those days it was a different thing. I think when when by the time I started getting booked a little bit as an extra, it was more just kind of calling up and and pestering them and getting a spot. Uh,
0: do you remember where you were when you when you finally got the, the call back? Uh, um,
2: well, I was working in in Washington D.C. Uh, uh, at a nonprofit, so I was probably at
0: work that day. <laughs> uh, well, what was the emotion like? Uh, you know? Oh
2: yeah, I just remember being like like just so happy because here I was getting booked by, by WWF, even, even though it was just as an extra, like it was looked at as like, you're, you're meeting your dream in a way. Right. Um, um, and I think everybody should at least get booked once or twice as a, as an extra to see if you like it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, part of me decided it wasn't that time, but it was a time or two after where I was like, I don't really like this place <laughs> that much. It, everybody seems kind of well while, while they're happy, they're not happy because they're they're tired and, and maybe it's a little bit different now, but but they all seem very tired and kind of into their own world and just, I don't know, always on the go and a lot of pressure and all that type of stuff. And it just didn't seem super enjoyable to me.
0: Man uh, Go ahead, but <laughs> all right.
1: So just like what's a an average day when you're when you're an extra for a wwe Mm -hmm. event how does the day go at what time do you get there there Um, ahead of time
2: yeah so a lot of the time so uh, i think back then check-in was like noon Mm -hmm. and literally it was go check in um probably go sign some paperwork um, possibly get a little bit of a physical just get some like blood pressure taken and stuff like that and then uh Stand around and stand around some more. <laughs> like, literally, if, that's always why uh, I, I didn't really chase getting booked as an extra very much because it was, it's a lot of standing around awkwardly. Um, mm-hmm. I think at that time, too, though, they would, if I, they, so you could get in your gear or, or kind of get in some workout clothes and uh, go down to the ring and, and sometimes some of the, the, the roster guys would want to work out and, and kind of like um, wrestle around with people uh, maybe the extras and um, I will say that that time uh, I think that we did get in the ring previous to them and, and kind of like wrestle around so they could see that like oh you know how to lock up you know how to bump and some some basic stuff like that um, actually funny enough the next day <clears throat> I uh um, they taped things in reverse that weekend because, um, they were going, uh, overseas for the, the tribute to the troops.
0: Okay. And
2: so they, they taped SmackDown on a Sunday and then Raw was obviously Monday. Um, and so, uh, yeah, yeah. SmackDown was Sunday. Raw was Monday. SmackDown was in, uh, Hampton, Virginia, and then, uh, Raw was in, in Baltimore, and uh, um, so uh, at Raw, met, uh, this was when Seamus and John Cena were feuding. Seamus was had just kind of recently started was big monster heel, um, and they were trying to figure out uh, the best way to put somebody through a table, have him put somebody through a table. Um, and so, uh, funny enough, they they had uh, Arn Anderson was in the ring, and I remember this really specifically, and I remember somebody previous had sort of like warned me up and, and uh warned me of this kind of thing uh, uh so he he just locked up with every extra and um like the the first guy must have been a little bit like soft on the lockup or something and he immediately goes you're nervous get out of here uh and then i come in and lock up real real strong and just like confident and he was like all right good and, like, then I was in the ring for the next, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes or whatever. They had apparently cleared everybody else out because they had him putting me through a half dozen tables to, like, figure out the best way to uh, to do it. Um, and, and it was crazy because, like, I didn't realize everybody had left. And it was, like, me, a couple of agents, and uh, Vince McMahon. Oh, and Seamus, of course. Wow.
1: can't imagine that. How was your day? Well, <laughs> I was working... WWE is an extra. And Seamus smashed me through six tables. It was a good day. I was yours?
2: Yeah. It was an extra thousand dollars. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, grand's a grand, no
2: matter
0: how yeah. you look at it. Yeah. Man, and just think of, of everything that you went through uh to get it, you know, apart as an extra. And then look I won't say how easy it is, but like look at AEW. Like they have a lot of indie talent just coming in on dark just to the you know to get them some tv exposure try them out you know get, get and give them a a little a little motivation and stuff like to sit there and be a big company like AEW is and allowing people to you know that opportunity you know it it shows times have changed Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, they, they, um, no, they, it's, it's a great rub that they, they give to, uh, um, to, to non-signed talent, right? Like, it just had, um, I'm blanking on his name for whatever reason, but, um, A.R. Fox wrestled, yeah. and it was like a very competitive match, right? And, and, um, well, that does great for both, right? A.R. Fox, well, well, he already had like an established name, but that mm-hmm. definitely like you know, gives him more credibility to go out and charge an extra $50 or something. Um, Yeah. And, and I think that uh, depending on who's um, agenting and booking dark, you know, you may see that kind of uh, things come and go and the guy's getting more, more offense in the sense, not just being these generic squash Mm -hmm. matches.
0: Yeah, we're uh we we follow PPW here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, you know, man, just we started hooking up with them as, maybe a year ago, and the amount of talent that's been on AEW Dark that I've seen at PPW is ridiculous. Uh, Encore was just on there, you know, last I think it was last week, and man, it's it's just it's just. It, it's just opportunity after opportunity that they're willing to give you know and if things work out you know that's that's good for both parties too yeah
2: yeah yeah because then right because if you go if i go and i'm um you know wrestle um um somebody on there and, and i have this this decent match and then you know they bring me back and we have a couple of matches over over time or 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 something right and then they eventually sign you people aren't going to remember me as being that guy who got squashed mm-hmm. they're, they're going to see like they've already right the, they invested in me before they invested in me
0: yeah uh so we, t- we talked a little bit about what you learn in the mm-hmm. ring but we all know you sometimes you learn a little bit more on the road mm-hmm so, but uh, any any good road stories? Uh, you know, traveling partners that, that you have that that someone's just like g- given the advice, or the other way around, you giving someone else some great advice.
2: Um, I mean, people who I travel with changed o- o- over time, and, and I, unfortunately, I never really like got to ride with with many veterans. Um, for a little bit, Christian York and I mm-hmm. were going to shows in in West Virginia for a promotion. Um, called AP uh aw no what was it A- APw no now I'm blanking on the name whatever it was crap bag West Virginia promotion X um, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> um and um yeah he was like one of the main I guess veterans that I ever uh, that I rode with regularly um, and uh, though funny enough, uh when Rob Conway was booked on the Super8, um mm-hmm. uh it was right after he got released from WWF uh WWE and he, uh we were tasked with picking him up at the airport and he was asking us advice on the ind- for independence and how to deal with him because before that he had just he was always WWF. He'd never mm-hmm. touched the independence, so it was kind of working in reverse that way.
0: <laughs> so uh you know now, let's go for the other side. There you, there's got to be a crazy story out there on the road. Um, so,
2: you know, I, a lot of the time it was just going back and forth between, like, go to the town and, and then come back. Um, but, like, in 2004, my friend, uh, for whatever reason, got a new car and thought this would be the best time to put, like, a thousand miles on it in, like, one weekend. <laughs> um, and we... <laughs> We drove to um, just south of uh, Knoxville, Tennessee for, we were booked on NWA main event by this guy Mike Porter. Um, it's crazy that I remember like some of those details. Uh, but myself, Bill, and, and this, this uh, girl that we knew came with us. Anyways, um, we get to the building. It, well, first off, we can't find the building. Like, uh we just drove like 13 hours or something. We literally can't find the building. We can't find it turns out we found the building. It just didn't look like the building and there was no markers and it was probably like noon or one o'clock and nobody was even setting up or anything yet. <coughs> but driving around the town we saw flyers for another show that day, but we weren't we were seeing zero flyers for like any main event. So eventually uh so then we, I don't know, it's like three o'clock. And like I said, three, four o'clock, and, and we drove 13, 14 hours or some stupid amount of time. And we go to NWA main event, uh, the, the location. Finally, we see people starting to set up, and we talk to some people there. And they're like, oh, yeah, Mike, Mike, uh, like, first off, we told them where we came from and how far we drove. And they just looked at us like, we're nuts. Like, why would you drive all the way here for this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and they didn't know anything about us being booked, uh, which kind of makes sense. And they said Mike might be, Mike sometimes is here by the first match. Wow. <laughs> right? A good feeling. Yeah. So we're like, okay, cool. We're going to go get something to eat. We'll be back maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we go to get something to eat and we decide, well, let's go to the other promotion. <laughs> let's just see what what the story is there. Like maybe we can get on. So we go and we talk to them and the guy is like, yeah f that guy we we don't like him so you're on our show tonight <laughs> so there we are and then we were on that show and i mean it was a good decent draw maybe it was like 200 people or something which was way more than the other show was gonna draw
0: uh-huh. um
2: and i remember my friend bill first off it was heel and face locker room so like we kind of couldn't talk but we had as we drove 10,000 hours uh we kind of like had already put together a bit of a match yeah. um, and uh he goes out to the ring and comes out to some demi berger music and somebody's like uh at, like right before he goes through the curtain like uh asked him like man who did you have to kill for music like this like this is crazy shit, like because of that music, right? Like, uh, <laughs> it, it is quite, uh, quite hardcore, uh, uh, metal. Um, and, uh, so he, he goes and, and does his heel shtick, and I go and we wrestle, and it's a, probably an okay match, like at best, because it's 2004 and both of us are only like two or three years in. Um, but then, uh, after the match, we're going to leave, and um, and and promoter or, or security people tell Bill like, "Hey, we need to walk you to the car because there are people waiting for you outside." Uh, so that was cool. Wow, man, what the hell did he do? I just was a dick. I don't know exactly. Like, good lord, man, yeah. man
0: the. the I realized when I was in North Carolina, like the the South, sometimes they they think wrestling's real 100, percent and
2: they take you know, it serious. They, they, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's awesome. Like those, those are always fun things to go and wrestle uh, in in North Carolina. There was a promotion um, that me and my friends used to sometimes go t- to do in North Carolina and. Um, it would have 40 people, 100 people, maybe 200 on the best day. And he just let us kind of do whatever. He didn't care. Um, it was like six to eight matches every show. It wasn't like it went seven hours or anything like that. And we would just go have fun, and it was easy crowds, and, and it was just a good, enjoyable time. Um, okay. So, yeah, the South, is it was always so much fun to wrestle in front of. Oh, yeah. Um, I
1: couldn't imagine the fans being that. Involved. I mean, obviously, I'm much further north than you guys are, but I want to go see some matches in the south just to to take that in. That's got to be amazing.
2: I mean, if this, you know, if you watch like uh there's, uh, uh stories of the territories or or what, mm-hmm. um, that's on TV now. Um, the the Rocks production company put on like those stories are somewhat still true today. Some of them, like right, like it can still happen these people get into it.
0: So kind of, uh, you, you and I talked a little bit on Twitter a little bit where, you know, you, you said, you, you know, you had to put your kid to bed. Okay. Mikey and Jerry always were, were sticklers. If your kid came up to you, you know, and said, Hey dad, I want to get into the business. What are you saying to him? Because Jerry's like, nope, got to go to college first.
2: Yeah, so I'm big – he's got – you know, I'm big – I'll I'll be with Jerry Lynn there, right, Uh, and and, uh, say, yeah, you need a backup plan. This is not – I I see – I have too many friends that have – that are on the – You know, it's taken them ten years to get their associate's degree or something because, like, wrestling was was their their plan, and there was no backup plan. And Mm -hmm. and while it sounds so great when some people say like I had no plan B and this was my plan, for everyone, there's probably a hundred that that tried that same thing and did not make it. Um, And you are left with nothing basically. And now, granted, you can get plenty of good jobs without college. You can get plenty of good jobs. The, without all that kind of stuff, but but there really needs to be somewhat of a of a backup plan.
0: Okay. Now, advice. You know, if you twenty plus years in the business, uh, if you would give somebody one final piece of advice after everything's said and done, what would it be?
2: Um. everything is your fault and by that there (laughs) there are are two people in the ring right uh and so it's kind of a a long piece of advice in that sense right there's two people in the ring and and somebody has to take responsibility for shit going wrong potentially Mm -hmm. right like you can't and and just pointing fingers always at somebody else is not going to get you very far uh, people respect it a lot more when you take responsibility for something going wrong. Oh, right, in the Billy Gunn kind of situation. That is a situation where Billy Gunn <laughs> isn't gonna be like, yeah, I was terrible. But even so, he apologized in front of the crowd, right? Mm-hmm. He him being the professional, he admitted like right there, I could have done better.
0: Yeah. So Bobby, one last question. Oh, well, no, 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 I got no, one for
2: go uh, thinking of Jerry Lynn, so when I was, I was, uh, doing stuff with Ring of Honor for the, H when they were on HDNet, it was yeah. once, and I had long, blonde oh, yeah. hair. Oh that, yeah, that, that's by, how I remember you as. Um, it was once proposed, uh, Carino was pitching this angle where I would be revealed as Jerry Lynn's son. Um... And this whole thing where he would then mentor me and, and lead me a bit, and then eventually I would turn on him, and it was all me and Karino or Karino like plan to get Jerry Lynn. Oh Never man! Never happened, but. Yeah. The, the, the,
1: the, the, if I could, uh... if I could jump in. Speaking of hair, when you knew the RIT back in the day, did he have any, or was he bald? as a cue ball then?
2: Uh, that was way too many concussions ago, so I could not tell you. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, I've been like this since I was 24, 25. <laughs> wow. Right after, right after they said, hey, uh, you're going to have your first kid. <laughs> and,
1: Full head so. of hair, no kids. I'm yeah, well, to uh, to it.
0: one kid and
2: it's starting to go. <laughs> uh,
0: but Bobby... I got one last question to ask you I love asking this question Fre- Freeland doesn't ask it enough we're, we're going to go hot tub time machine <laughs> okay? I, I, I know you're retired you're, you're, you're living the life but you can go back in the time to any match in pro wrestling history you're going to take somebody out of the match and we're putting Bobby Shields in his prime in that match what match is it and why
2: To be honest, there's isn't a specific match. Um, I would have loved to have wrestled my friend Brody Lee. Um, We wrestled once in 2003 in a singles, and maybe once in like a tag, like 2004 or something, or an eight-man tag or something stupid like that. Um, I would have loved to have wrestled him. uh, You know. At some point, when he was good, uh, after he had become Brody Lee, um, and after I had not, uh, after I had stopped sucking so badly.
0: Hey, I, I can't can't complain about that one. I, I remember seeing Brody uh, when he was in Chikara, mm-hmm. uh, outside of Williamsport, and for for a for a guy his size, he moved like a guy half his size, yeah. and it, he he just had from talking to people he's had the biggest heart ever yeah he uh
2: he he was from rochester new york as as well and and um while he didn't train directly at the school that i i I went um as as time progressed and there was another promotion that came up there like we um there's a lot of uh working out in the ring and training and whatever with each other and and stuff like that and, and hanging out um so, yeah, previous to Shakara, he was Huber Boy too, mm-hmm. and uh, he wanted to do lot, lots of moves and wrestle and um, be funny and goofy, and, um, you know, Shakara kind of helped him mold this character, and, and it just clicked, and it was rocket ship to the moon.
0: Yeah. So, so, Bobby, it was great having you on. Uh, now it's time to plug anything you want.
2: Um well go watch uh go check out ECWA. Um they just celebrated their 55th anniversary. Um and go find each and every show that Logan Easton LaRoe is on because he's the man.
0: That's kind of like a passing of the torch.
2: <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's more like a bic
2: lighter, but yeah. Ah.
0: Hey. Bobby, it was great having you on. It's great seeing you, uh, man. Yeah. I I sit there and I still tell people about that Billy Gunn story. <laughs> oh yeah, that was
2: yeah. That's like right up there with like the, <laughs> the had you we not talked about that that would have been like oh this one time Billy Gunn beat up a backyarder.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. So, but Bobby, hey, thanks for sitting there and stopping by, and mm-hmm. you know, if, if there's any chance that we could get you to come back, we'll talk more uh, more of your career. Uh, would you be willing to do it? Yeah, for sure. Anytime. Okay. So, hey, thanks a lot, Bobby. Uh, Thank we're you. Sure to see, see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. Man, but so so I told you we had some great stories. I told you 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 would you love the Billy Gunn story, That's especially fantastic. Especially now that he's the manager of. You know it. You know it. Scissor me, daddy.
1: Don't push your luck. Ah, Don't push yeah. your luck.
0: No. Oh, man. But, but hey, I appreciate you coming on, uh, being my tag team partner tonight with, uh, with Bobby. Yeah. My pleasure. So, hopefully next week we can get Freeland to come back. Maybe we might have to offer him a t-shirt or something, you know. But Christmas uh, is
1: coming. You know, I guess we uh, should do something for him.
0: So, but, but... Want to sit there and uh, give us the rundown on you?
1: Yeah, I mean, Twitter, at GotNoof2291, uh, Facebook, Chris Butt, uh, and Facebook, CB79, Wooden Toymaker. i uh, got a big show coming up in four weeks or so at uh, McKinnon Brothers Holiday Market in Bath, Ontario, December 3rd and 4th. If by some miracle somebody watching this is in the area, come on in and see me. cover to get in That's at a brewery So if you're there You come to my table You don't like nothing Go to the bar Have a six pack And come back to my table You'll like something Guaranteed
0: (laughs) But Ben You know where You know FRM Pod Is big in Canada
1: I guess so We're getting there There's a couple of us Yeah So
0: A couple now Okay guys Thanks for stopping by For another edition Of Front row material. I'm the writ. He's the butt. See you next time. Front row material. And my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it, it's the front row material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The world of
1: MLW Radio never stops.